Welcome to the fourth episode of Promote SMB. I'm your host, Jason, and today we're going to talk more in detail about our last podcast topic involving buyer personas, target audiences, target markets, and we're actually going to learn how to research the demographic data to dive into it and pull out the audiences that we want to market to. So it's going to be an exciting, at least I think so, an exciting episode. Um, What we're going to look at first is we're going to look at the area of Rochester, New York. Now, a friend of mine, he has a cleaning company there, and he's having difficulty identifying a target audience. He's utilizing mass marketing techniques, which to kind of bring that back to our last episode, mass marketing techniques involve mailers, email campaigns, stuff like that that looks at the overall market and just mass advertises it. He's not had a lot of success, obviously. Um, so hopefully this episode kind of helps him out. It, it'll, you know, hopefully get him a, a an understanding of who he, she should look at when he's marketing his cleaning company. So let's go ahead and dive on in. Okay, so when you're looking at demographics, there are a couple online tools that I, I stand by that are amazing. Um, one is American Fact Finder, which is a the search tool uh, brought to us by the United States Census Bureau. And with it, you can look through community facts, do an advanced search, download data sets, and so forth. Another website is uh, hometownlocator.com. And with that, you can look at particular regions and cities and states and counties and pull up information about you know the individual areas within those those regions um so we are going to use hometown locator to look at rochester new york and we're going to identify a zip code within rochester that we can hopefully pull some you know really good demographic data so i've already typed in rochester and with it we have 40 different zip codes we can choose from now when surveyors and interviewers and you know researchers compile this data they tend to exclude p.o boxes and single entity zip codes i'm not sure why but we're just going to go with that so we're only going only, only going to look at the standard zip codes within rochester which in this case there's roughly about i'd say 20 or 25. so not knowing anything about rochester i just randomly picked a zip code we chose 14609 which looks to be northeast of rochester Um, in this particular zip code we have 852 businesses 17,968 residences Um, of those the breakdown is 1428 for multifamily and then 16,197 for single family so we can assume based on this that the 14609 zip code is mainly a suburban area of Rochester, mostly residential. There's some commercial corridors, but for the most part, we're looking at families and homes. So we're going to take the 14609 and we're going to go over to American Fact Finder and we're going to click Community Facts, which is in the header. And that's going to bring up the search bar, which you can enter the state, county, city, town, or SIP. We're just going to enter the zip code, which the information pooled here is from the 2010 census, so it is the most current data that we have available to us. Um, of course, the census is done again in three years, so 
this area could, could have changed drastically. Um, there's also the American Community Survey, which the last one that, that was run was 2016. So we're going to go ahead and go with that one. It's got demographic and housing estimates for the city of Rochester and that zip code. So now the information that we have on here is in a, it's in a table format, but you can draw a lot of different inferences from that. Okay, so the data that we have for the, this particular zip code, the 14609 of Rochester, New York, is going to appear in a table format. And on the left-hand side, on the Fact Finder site, you see different versions that are available um, from 2011 up to 2016. So we, we have a good, you know, five, six-year range that we can look at the demographics of this particular region. So what we see is, is we have a total population of 43,762 people. It breaks it down between male and female, and it's roughly even, 22,000 for female, 20,000 for male. And then we have the age range. Now what's interesting is, is in this particular area, the largest age range is between 25 to 34. So we're looking at a millennial population here. Um, the next largest age group is 45 to 54 years old. And then of course we see below that, uh, you know, probably I'd say 3, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 12,000, 24 and under. So this is mainly a family area. Um, young adults, children, and not many elderly people at all. So we have a, a, a good, you know, a good age base for this group. Now, race, when you look at races, You'll notice in, in some American cities you'll see a, a huge diversification. In others you won't you won't see that. Now in this particular area we have a, a predominant the, the predominant race is white or Caucasian with 23,000 individuals. Black or African American makes it 14,000. Then we have 543 Asian, um, no Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders. So pretty much we have. A roughly diverse neighborhood, but predominantly white. The next thing that we're going to look at is, well, we have some Hispanics too. There's 7,500, so it's a, it is a diverse region. Um, you'll also get an idea of the census, the citizen voting age population. Um, so you'll know how many people in that in that area are political, or have some sort of political affiliation. All right, now we want to look at is income, which is the most important data that he was interested in and unfortunately the American Community Survey does not have that so we're going to resort back up to the 2010 census let's see if that how that has it all right so the 2010 census breaks the information again into sex and age into racial composition then relationships so we'll be able to identify if they're married or if they're single or if they're in a different relationship type um, with unmarried partners and so forth. All right, now we have household types. And with this here, you, you can get a better idea of the community a little bit. Um, in this particular one, we have 17,000 households. Of those, 10,000 are family households broken down with you know roughly half and half, half with children under 18, half with just husband and wife. Then 
you can see it, you know, is it male household owner or is it a female household without the other part, the other partner, you know, present. Then it breaks it down into housing tenure. So we can, we can see if these are owner occupied housing or if they're renter. Now what's interesting is, is this here is a, a predominantly owner occupied housing neighborhood. So these people own their homes. We have 10,580 with a population of 24,710 in the owned houses. Then of the renter occupied units, we have 7,200. So we can safely assume that this is probably a middle class neighborhood. So definitely this is one neighborhood we wanna look at. We wanna go more in depth on. Okay, so now that we have an idea of the housing makeup of the community, now we're gonna look at the income. When you go back to your search page, the main page that you enter information in, once you enter the zip code in, on the left-hand side, you're gonna click income. Now this is gonna bring up two different This is gonna bring up two different data sets. You have the 2016 American Community Survey and you have the Census 2000. We want the most current information, so we're gonna look at the 2016 American Community Survey. Now, the, por the portion we're gonna look at is the income in the past 12 months, which is gonna break this down into just household and families. We're gonna be very simple at first. Then, once you click on that, what you see is, is you're just gonna see the ranges over here on, on the left under subject. So we're looking at mainly incomes between 30,000 to 150,000, which is his preferred economic, you know, in income range. So what we see is we have 17.6% at the $35,000 to $50,000 income range, 18% between 50 to 74,000, and then 11% between 75 and 99,000. So what we see is, is we see that this is a predominantly middle-class neighborhood, which the homeowner information kind of validated. You know, if you have more income, you're able to own a home, generally. Um, we also have, of course, you know, less than 10,000, there's about 11%. So there's a little bit of diversity here, which kind of mirrors the diversity we see with the demographic makeup of race and so forth. So this is predominantly a middle-class neighborhood. So this is definitely one that he wants to do his targeting in. So from this, what we see is we have an understanding of the economic implications, you know, the, the economic data, housing data, racial makeup and so forth what we also want to look at is we want to go in, into more detail a little bit we want to determine more information about these individuals so we're going to look now at educational attainment and the property rate and disability rate because obviously being a house cleaner he's going to want you know he's going to want people who are mobile who who have free time who work you know who who can afford cleaning services <clears throat> and who will utilize them and generally disabled there's about 3,000 people here so I mean there's definitely a market there for him educational attainment is pretty diverse with you know 3,000 that don't have high school diplomas 6,300 with high school 7,800 with some college or associates and then 6,000 with a bachelor's degree or higher so we do see a pretty diverse educational poverty rate we have um, 4700 below poverty level so those are those who are in poverty and then 21,000 at or above poverty 
Again, this is very indicative of middle-class neighborhood, which is ideal for his marketing. Um, so pretty much, you know, the demographic data is here and it supports a middle-class neighborhood, pretty diverse. So you're looking at people who are, you know, they're open to cultural differences and you have a wide age range. So I mean, you have, but you have a narrower population between, you know, age range of 35 to 54. So you have, you know, families. So definitely when he, you know, we have some information to go on now for his marketing. Okay, so now that you have an idea of the demographic makeup of, of this area, and you're able to pull out a target market, which in this case are 35 to 54 year olds, college educated, um, have their high school diploma, way above poverty, comfortably, comfortably middle class, um, with income ranges between 35 to 100,000. Um, now you're able to begin to go in deeper a little bit and begin to look at the buyer personas that you want to target. Um, when you create a buyer persona, as I mentioned in the last one, you really want to ask yourself a couple of questions. You want to try to get into in the mindset of your customer or those that you'd like to make your customers. Um, ideally, you want, to, you want to be able to identify and relate to them. You want to be able to create content and marketing materials that will pull them in and, and make them engage with your company and respond. So it's a very important process. Um, as I mentioned in the last podcast, HubSpot has an amazing resource for creating a, a buyer persona. I would highly recommend you guys all go on, on the HubSpot, type it in Google, search it up, pull it out, start, start practicing. Um, you want to ask a couple of questions like the demographic data already kind of gives us this information, you know, what school they went to, whether they're disabled, they have children, what race are they, where do they work at, stuff like that. Um, but with, with the buyer persona, you know, worksheets, you can delve deeper. You can try to find out what motivates them. And one awesome online resource that'll really, really propel your understanding of, of your target audience and your buyer persona is um, social mention. And let's pull this up real quick so I can give socialmention.com is, is an awesome website. Um, you can use it to search up social media and analyze, you know, in, in analysis for creating buyer personas. And in this, it, it kind of gives you an idea. Okay. If you have a population that are middle class that, you know, are college educated, what materials do they look at online? What materials do they view offline? You know, what stores do they go to? Stuff like that. Social mention will kind of give you that aspect. So definitely go on there. Look, you know, just type in some keywords, some searches. Try to find what your buyer personas would be interested in viewing. And that's pretty much it. I mean, it really... When you're doing the research, you really want to pay attention and try to narrow down your demographics, narrow down your target audience, start small, work big. Don't go global and then zoom in. Um, it's going to be much more much more challenging in coming up with the data that's really going to work for you. 
So I hope this was enjoyable. Um, I'm going to continue working on it and hopefully present my friend with some help. So try it out and enjoy it and let us know. Thanks for listening.